0: open our Bibles this evening in the book of Deuteronomy and we read some verses here in the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 30. 30th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy and we commence reading from God's precious word at uh, verse number 11. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say who should or shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thine heart, that thou mayest do it. See, have I set before thee this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God. That thou mayest obey his voice. That thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Amen. And God will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word with we'll our heads for prayer. Eternal God and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy precious word again tonight. And I pray that by thy Holy Spirit that thou wilt take of thy word, that thou wilt write thy word upon the table of our hearts. We pray that our God that we might have ears that will hear, that we might have hearts that are willing to do, and help us our God to go forth and obey thee with all our hearts. We pray that, Lord, that you'll truly bless us now as we meditate upon thy truth, for we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. It is said that our lives are a total of choices, indeed, an infinite amount of choices. Many of them, we count them small, maybe we think they're totally insignificant. Maybe we say that some of the choices we make have little impact upon our lives. And yet there are those choices that we make that will impact upon our lives and change our lives forever. Of course, sometimes it is the smallest decisions that we make have the greatest import and the greatest impact upon our lives. So we never be dismissive of the choices that you make. We make choices every morning. What time will we get up? Should I lie on? should I get up now and then we come to breakfast Well, what am I going to take this morning will I take what I took yesterday morning or will I make it something different and so therefore what clothes will I put on choices, simple choices everyday choices that we have to make and of course when we're on vacation we make choices what do we do today where will we go today will we just stay in today and not go out under the sun at all? That would be a choice sometimes that I would make. But of course the rest of the family, they said, no, we've got to get out under the sun. And that's their choice that they make. You'll notice that in the Bible, many choices are being made. For example, in the book of Exodus, after the destruction of the that uh, golden calf and was destroyed by Moses, Moses stood in the gate in Exodus chapter 32 and verse number 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. They made a choice. The question was, who is on the Lord's side? And then we read tonight, in the book of Deuteronomy, we find in chapter 30 it said this, uh, Moses said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing, therefore choose life. There's a choice. Choose life. Instead of death. But they had a choice to make. They had a decision to make. Then, if you turn over to the book of Joshua, and Joshua in the chapter 23, and we find that Joshua, just like every one of us, comes to the end of the journey. He has led the children of Israel into the promised land. He gave them and led them into the victory over the Canaanites and over those that were there in that land. But there came a day when he fought another battle. His greatest battle. But he couldn't win. Because the battle he was going to fight was the battle of death. The word of God says, the last enemy which shall be destroyed. But remember, it's still an enemy. The last enemy which shall be destroyed is death. And in Joshua chapter 23, he says in verse number 14, Behold this day, he said, I'm going the way of all the earth. I've faced many an enemy in my lifetime, said Joshua. But I'm facing another now. And I'm going this day the way of all the earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake unto you or concerning you. All are come to pass unto you and not one thing hath failed at all. Verse 15. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all good things are come upon you when the Lord your God which the Lord your God promised you so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil until he have destroyed you from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you he's acknowledging he's acknowledging that he has to go He's challenging. Then to turn to chapter 24. In verse number 14. Now therefore. Now therefore fear the Lord. Here he's not challenging them. He's giving them the solemn charge. He says fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Here it is. Choose ye this day. Whom you will serve. There's a choice. There's a choice. And the old man of God is coming to the end of the journey. And he gives them a solemn charge. You see, have you got a choice to make? He says, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. And then he says this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's our choice. Choices. And friend, you know, life is filled with choices. And I want us to look at three men in the scriptures in the closing moments of this meeting. Three men who made their choice. The first one is found in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis the story is the story of Abraham chapter number 12. God gives a challenge and a charge to Abraham and he tells him to leave his family and in chapter 12 and now the Lord has said unto Abraham get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house to a land that I will show thee. So God makes it clear to him what he wants him to do. Now friend, Abram has a choice to make. And we're just making this passing because Abram's not the first one we want to talk about. But it's all based upon the choice that Abram made. We find indeed that God told him to get out, not only from his country, not only from his kindred, he told him to get out from his father's house. And the Bible says in verse 4, so Abram departed. Now you say, that's good. That's good. But friend, let me tell you, notice how it's phrased in verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram. This is recalling something that has already happened. And whilst it is true. That God spoke to Abram and God told Abram to leave his father's house. He told him to leave his kindred and leave his country. And God says, I want you to come with me. A place that I will show thee. And God promises him, I'll make of thee a great nation and I'll bless you. And make your name great and thou shalt be a blessing. But just go back to chapter 11. I want you to notice a little phrase in verse number 31. Because remember, God told Abram to leave his father's house. But look at verse 31 of chapter, uh, chapter 11. And Terah took Abram. Do you get that? God didn't say to Terah to leave. Not your fact, God said the opposite. God said to Abram, I want you to leave your father's house. Now, Terah was his father. And I can see Abram, and he goes into the presence of his father, and he said, You know, God, the God of Israel, has spoken to me, and God has told me that I've got to leave my country, I have got to leave my kindred, and I have to leave thy house. And Terah said to him, Abram, I'm going to. And instead of Abram taking his family it says "Tirah took Abram and they went as far as Haran now God didn't tell them to go there or stop there the Bible tells us and Tirah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son and it says and they came on to Haran and dwelt there God didn't tell them to do that God didn't say stop here. Who did? His father. And his father became the obstacle in him obeying God fully. And instead of him going with God, friend, he went with his father, whom God atoned to leave. And they got as far as Haran and Terah says, Abram, we're stopping here. Now notice the word it says, they came on to Haran, verse 31, and dwelt there. It wasn't only they stopped there, they dwelt there. You know, there are many of God's people and they only go so far with God. We can sing the hymn, Go through with God, thy vows to pay, thy all upon the altar lay. The Holy Ghost will do the rest and give to thee, God's very best. And friend, that's true. God will bless you if you obey Him. God says, Abram, listen, I'll make your great nation, I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. But of course, that was while he walked the pathway of obedience trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey, and I I noticed this Terah took Abram that's very instructive Abram didn't take Terah, no it's the other way about father said, I'm in control of this journey they stopped off at Haran and they dwelt there they stopped Do you know what God had to do, friend? God had to take his father away. And that's what he did. Look at verse 32. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. And it wasn't until God removed his father that it says in verse number 4 of chapter 12, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Now he's obeying God before that he obeyed his father be careful who you're obeying because remember this when it comes to reality it's you're to fear the Lord it's to obey him you're to obey the Lord and sometimes you know to be honest in obeying God it costs us our family I can think of a young woman that came to my congregation. A young lady was brought up in a Roman Catholic home. And it cost her her family. It cost them. Many others, it has cost them they loved loved for taking a stand for the Lord Jesus. Because whenever I separated outside the camp of apostasy and left the Irish Presbyterian Church and God called me into the free Presbyterian Church, we were the off of the earth friend. It cost us friends. But did it? Were they really friends? And so Abram, verse 4 of chapter 12, so Abram departed. But let's look again. Verse 4. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. There is the person I want to get to. You see, God didn't tell him to take Lot. Terah did. Terah took. Because the word of God says, And Terah took Abram his son and Lot. Terah took Lot. And now we find that God has taken away the obstacle in Abram's life as far as his father is concerned and God has taken them out of the way and God has called him home. But it says, Abram departed and Lot went with him. Now everything went well and we're not going into the, the, all the chapters here of the story but you'll find, friend, the word of God tells us that that God blessed both Abraham and God blessed Lot too. Because, in actual fact, the Bible tells us he was righteous Lot. And Lot also was right before God. But sad to say, as we'll see, choices. Choices. The Bible tells us in chapter 13 now, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all they had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Verse number 5. And lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. So they've been blessed. The Bible says that Abram was very rich. Interesting thing is this never says anything about Abram building a house. Although the Bible says he was very rich. It always talks about the tent. Why? Because he looked for a city which hath foundation whose builders make it God. He had an eye on a greater city. In a greater house. He had a greater home than this old world could get. And so they've been blessed with all of these things. And then it says in verse 6, The land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt then in the land. In other words, they watched this strife going on. And Abram said, verse 8, And Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen. Why, for we be brethren. We shouldn't be fighting. We're brethren. Remember, we read this morning about the James writing to, who's writing to the brethren. He had a big heart for the brethren, for those his brothers. In the Lord. And so Abram says to Lot, You know, we shouldn't be fighting together because we are brethren. The enemy's looking on and we are fighting together. The strife between your herdsmen and not my herdsmen. My, what testimony is that for them to see? And then Abram said this. He says, Let me tell you, Lot, I understand that we have to part, but let's not part in anger if you take to the left hand I'll take the right hand and if you take the right hand I'll take to the left hand you make the choice see Abram, although he was very rich for him, he had a godly heart he had a big heart and I pray that God will give us a big heart for the people of God it's not me It's the work of God, friend. It's more important than me. It's more important than any of us. The work of God is so important. And so, therefore, Abram said, Listen, let's not have strife together. If you go one way, I'll go the other. Remember, God said to Abram, He said, Abram, I've given you the land, I've given you it. But Abram didn't care. Abram wanted the strife to be over well what happened well let's look verse 10 and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah even as the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt as thou comest unto Zor Mark verse 11 then Lot Chose. There's the choice. He made his choice. But don't forget the next wee word. Then Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan. In other words, it was all about him. Remember, Abram? He says, you go there, I'll go there, you go there, I'll go there. It's about others. But Lot's problem was this. It was all about him. And quite often, quite often you'll find in the work of God, friend, problems in the work of God, it's always about me. Me. And me is one of the biggest problems we have to cope with. Me. The old flesh. And Lot chose him. Well, he made his choice. And the Bible says, And they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain. And pitched his tent Toward Sodom. Yes, he too was great with great riches and cattle and flocks and herds and tents. But he pitches his tent toward Sodom. But it never stops there. You see, he made the wrong choice. He made the wrong choice. And that was the start of the downgrade of Lot. that choice. And it was, Lot chose him. It was all about him. And whenever he looked out there, he saw that it was a well-watered plain. He said it was like the garden of Egypt. The garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. It looked lovely. And all he could see, friend, he could think about his flocks and his herds and all that he had. And he thought, that's the place for me. That's true. That green pasture was a good place for cattle. But, friend, it was a tragedy for the children see his choice never thought of the children it was all about him and what he possessed and yet the bible says the children are the heritage of the Lord they're the most prized possession that you have friend That God has given you in this old world. Outside of your salvation. is the children. And yet as far as Lot was concerned. He never once thought about the children. All he could think about was the cattle. All he could think about what was good for him. And what he possessed. And the Bible says he pitched his tent. Towards Sodom. He made his choice. Now come to chapter 14 quickly. And in chapter 14, it says in verse 12, And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. She's out of the tent now. And he's into a house. He dwelt in Sodom. And how do we know he is in the house? Because God tells us in chapter 19. He has built a house there. And so he has removed himself from the tent. He's no longer a pilgrim anymore. He's now settled down. God says to Abram, come with me. Unto the land that I will show you. He never left the tent, friend. Because he was still a pilgrim to the day he died. And so are you and I, friend. Because this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We are. Thank God we have a home. If we're saved, washed in the blood of Christ, thank God. Heaven's our home. And so we find that locked, he made his choice. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then he moved closer and closer until the Bible says, who dwelt in Sodom. And go to chapter 19. It tells me something else. It tells me in verse number 1 of chapter 19. There came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. What did that mean? it meant he became one of the rulers. He became one of the counselors in Sodom. Now the Bible tells us he, his, his righteous soul it was grieved. But he still dwelt there. He got past the grieving stage and he wanted to be a part of it. Why? Because he wanted to be the man It was all about him. It wasn't about God. And so he sits sits in the gate. And then God sends an angel. The angel. And the angels come. And they tell Lot that God's going to destroy the city because of the awful sin in the city. And the angel asks him, have you any... Are are there here any besides? Sons-in-law, thy sons, thy daughters, whatsoever thou hast in the city. God says in chapter 19, verse 12, Bring them out of this place. The word of God tells us he went to his sons-in-law. Verse 14. Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Why? God going to destroy, she brought us here. You're the one that brought us here. And this person whom God had said, righteous lot. Listen, he loses his wife. He loses his testimony. He loses his morality. because he made a choice now listen to me carefully remember this you and I have the power to make our choices but we haven't the power to choose the consequences that's the difference The second person I want to very quickly is over in the book of Ruth. It's the story of a man. He's called Elimelech. And of course, Elimelech was a, a man that God had blessed as well. In actual fact, he had a name which simply meant his name. Elimelech means Jehovah is my king. Or my king is God. Jehovah. He had a great name. Now, he lived there. It was the time of the judges. And you know that the Bible tells us in the book of the judges, the last verse, says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. It's like the day in which we live. You can't tell anybody anything anymore. The preacher is told, Listen, you have no right to tell me what I ought to think or what I ought to do. Let me tell you, my friend, outside of the word of God, the preacher has no authority. And my authority to stand on this pulpit tonight is being faithful to the word of God and rightly divide the word of truth. And when I do, I have got God-given authority. It's God's authority. But we live in an age that nobody tells me what to do because I make the decision. You see, I'm the God of my life. That's the generation which we're living. Everybody knows their rights. Nobody knows their responsibilities. Elimelech had a great name. His father called him Jehovah is my king. And whilst it was in a day of darkness and a day of detention, yet he had godly parents who gave him this wonderful name. But there came a time that there's a famine in the land, and you and I know that when God sent judgment in the land, it, he sent a famine. That was one of the judgments of God because of the sin of the nation. They had turned away. Now they were in Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread. Bethlehem, Judah. A place of praise. And yet they were faced with a crisis. And in the book of Ruth chapter 1 it says, It came to pass in those days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now mark the word again. They went to sojourn. Notice, didn't intend to dwell. Didn't intend to stay. Not like Lot and Sodom. He dwelt there. No, no. They went to sojourn. In other words, they only went for a little while for that immediate crisis. And then they were going home. sad reality is this he couldn't trust God with a family he couldn't trust God to look after his family friend although he had a name Jehovah is my king my king is God and yet he goes to Moab the enemies of God And as he goes there, he goes for food. The Bible tells us they stayed for ten years. Yes, they went to sojourn. But in those ten years, friend, all they got was tombstones. For the died, and so did his two boys. In actual fact, whenever they died, the wife of Elimelech was Naomi. Her name means pleasant. Whenever she came back after the famine was over, she heard her, her, her two boys had died, her, her husband has died and she's left now and she has two daughters-in-law and she doesn't know what to do with them. She begs them to go away because she couldn't carry the responsibility. How could she, a poor widow woman, look after two more? She tells them to go home to their father's house. Ruth says, I'm not going anywhere. Wherever you go, I go. Wherever you die, I'll die. I'm going with you all the way. And Naomi and Ruth make their way back to Bethlehem, Judah, friend. And as they come back to the city and the people look at her ten years on, they say, is this? Is this Naomi? Because I believe, friend, her broken heart had changed her completely. she looked an old woman because life's trials and troubles and sorrows had not only broken her heart but broken her body too do you know what she said to him don't you call me Naomi call me Mara Don't call me pleasant. Mara means better, For that's what life had done with her friend. Had made her better. She says, The Lord, the Lord have dealt bitterly with me. She's a broken, bitter. How did it all happen? Because one day Elimelech made a choice not to trust God but to go to Moab to go to the world and Naomi lost her family. All because of a choice. The last one, and we're through, is in the book of Matthew's Gospel. It's the story of Pilate. And the Bible tells us in the 27th chapter of the book of Matthew's Gospel, in verse number 22. It says, Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus? Which is called Christ. Tell me, what am I going to do? I've got a choice on my hands. What am I going to do? You see, when I look at Pilate there, not only had he a choice, in his hands friend but he had a concern in his home his wife said to him Pilate have thou nothing to do with that just man don't let anything come between you and him because I believe she knew that the crowd was coming between her between Pilate and Jesus Don't let anyone come between you and him. Pilate, make the right choice. And you know, she was an ungodly woman. But God put her that day in the pathway of her husband. And as he sat there upon the judgment seat, his wife sent a message on to her husband to say, Listen, Pilate, be careful what you do with that just man. For I've suffered many things in a dream because of him but there was not only concern in his home there was a conflict in his heart for the Bible tells us Pilate knew that out of envy they delivered Jesus in other words Pilate knew what was right to do And he knew what the people were asking him to do was wrong. And there was a conflict, a battle, in his heart. And you know, there are those who are not saved of our loved ones. And friends, you know, many who sit in gospel meetings... There have been those of their loved ones who have a holy concern for them and they have begged them to come to Jesus and receive the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And in their heart they know it's right. In their heart they know that the right thing to do is to come as a sinner and repent of their sin and throw themselves upon the mercy and the sovereign grace of God. but then there's a choice in their hand they've got to do something And Pilate looked at the crowd and he turned to them and he asked them the question tell me what shall I do now he knew he had to make the choice but he says you tell me why because the fear of man brings a snare And there's many in hell tonight. And the fear of man. Plunge them to hell. It brings a snare. What an awful thing to go to hell. There in the Christless eternity. In the blackness and the darkness of the damned to realize that in the blackness and the darkness of it all friend they don't see the crowd anymore it's the loneliness I chose against the saviour and I'm now in hell What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him. Oh yes, the crowd still is the answer. Let him be crucified. You ask the crowd out there what to do with Jesus, friend, I tell you. Not tell you to trust him. Not tell you to run to him for the crowd has room for pleasure room for business but for Christ the crucified there's not a place that he could enter in the heart for which he died Lot made his choice Elimelech made his choice Pilate made his choice. But remember, none of them chose the consequences. They bore them, they suffered the consequences. And Lot lost his wife. And he lost his testimony. He lost everything. Elimelech. He lost his life. And two boys. And Pilate lost his soul. that God will take of his word tonight and burden our hearts for those that are still without Jesus that we're good after them bring them in from the fields of sin bring the wandering ones to Jesus let's pray Heavenly Father bless thy word tonight O God, I pray that Thou wilt speak to our loved ones and our friends that still know not Jesus. And for us, Thy children, help us too to make the right choice. Be like Saul when he gets saved. Saul of Tarsus, Lord, what wilt Thou have me to do? Help us to be like Caleb, who wholly followed the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.